right, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestle Review. Today we're talking about Vince McMahon's steroid trial, Dylan's panicky that we are not going to do it concisely. Uh, oh no, what if we don't do it well enough? Maybe Vince will send us a cease and you're a bitch letter. He doesn't send cease and desists. Yeah, he's, he's changed the law. <laughs> it's not cease and desist. It's called cease and you're a bitch, buddy. I really go out on a limb and talk about the fact that imagine... Imagine just being around the angriest man who believes the world is against him. And when charges are laid against Vince McMahon due to steroids in 1994, stemming from the employment of George Zahorian, it must have been very weird for everyone around because this is essentially Vince, everything Vince believed being confirmed. I told you they're against me. Like, I guarantee this must have been either the happiest day in the McMahon household or the saddest because. That it felt like for the first time Vince wasn't that crazy. He must, yeah, that's very funny. Where it's like, uh, like all the germaphobes with the coronavirus, where they're like, "Who's laughing now? Hazmat suit to go anywhere?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, no, yeah. We've had a we have a few different friends of the show that have absolutely just been in their glory in this because, of course, all they can do is uh, just be like, "Well, I told you, I told you, I was right all along," and you know, the coronavirus has already given me blood clot cancer, which isn't a thing until now. <laughs> so, of course, let's let's paint out. These are the official. Now, a couple charges were dropped. There were five charges originally. Here are the three charges against Vinnie Mac. A conspiracy charge against McMahon and Titan Sports to defraud the United States and the Federal Drug Admission by impairing, impeding, and defeating its efforts to regulate and control and manufacture the distribution of steroids within the United States to introduce and deliver uh, to interstate commerce with the intent to defraud, mislead drugs that were i would love it if i actually <laughs> handed someone drugs and it was like uh by the way this is the intent here is to can we confirm oh to defraud and mislead oh excellent here are the drugs it's very keep going and then i have a thought on the charges sorry sure uh that were misbranded in that they were prescription drugs distributed without a prescription to knowingly distribute do you think by the way this is how they got the idea to do <laughs> they were like maybe well, we should just do more pain pills and to knowingly distribute and possess with intent to distribute steroids for use in humans other than the treatment of disease pursuant to the order of a physician the titan team tried to get this charge thrown out due to lack of evidence but they failed and uh there were a couple other charges that were thrown out because they were basically trying to charge McMahon and Titan Sports, but you can't, you gotta have, because they were basically alleging that Mc, Vince McMahon is Titan Sports, so they could, like, not only fine the company, but then put him in jail. They really, they really had, were really horny to put their fucking law dick in Vince's boom boom. That was one of the charges. That was one of the add-ons, by the way. We want to put our, yeah. Yeah, and the punishment is we're gonna pun you in your boom boom. Yeah, we want to pwn your boomer. Um, now, the thing to remember about all of this is that um, essentially these charges are all just to do with Vince is dealing steroids and encouraging steroid use to his wrestlers. What they wanted and they never got was Vince McMahon basically saying, hey, you're small, do steroids, yeah. get them from this guy. And that never happened because Vince McMahon grew up in a carnival and he knows how to fucking lie. <laughs> You know, A, he knows how to lie, and B, he grew up in a fucking trailer park around a bunch of criminals fighting other criminals. He is a he is a guy who 
basically eschewed the values of being a criminal and looked up and said, you know what I'm going to be? A fucking white-collar criminal, baby girl. You never say what you mean, and you only speak in doublespeak, motherfucker. You just got Vince McMahon. This is basically the, like, this is what we play for moment of Vince McMahon, or it's like... <laughs> yeah, this is he's getting up every day covering himself in human shit then washing it off. Yeah, he's like they have to be in the muck. Yeah, they gotta be. Yeah. <sighs> like Linda has never This is the only time that Linda got eaten out because Vince was in a giving mood. <laughs> yeah, the only time Linda ever has received oral sex with Vince McMahon was was when she fucking uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, uh, how? Do, oh, yeah. When she when she took Tom Cole out to that mall and made him not testify. Oh yeah, that and then he that just horrific. fucking ate her out for forty eight straight hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vince, this has been you for about. This is this act has been about you for a whole forty seven hours now. Just ten more minutes. Yeah. <sighs> So on or about October 24th, 1989, McMahon and Titan Sports together with others, including Zahorian, knowingly and intentionally possessed with intent to distribute to a WWF performer a substance containing anabolic steroids for use in humans other than the treatment of disease. And on or about April April 13th, 1989, McMahon and Titan together with others, including Zahorian, knowingly and intentionally possessed with intent to distribute... A WWF performer, uh, a substance containing anabolic steroids for use in humans other than the treatment of a disease. So basically, these motherfuckers, after it was illegal, trying to deal steroids, Vince says, you know what? These fucking juice pigs do it them damn selves. Yeah. Oi, piggy, I ain't gonna fill the, I ain't gonna fill the fucking slop trough, so you gotta figure it out yourself. Oink, 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 oink. Now... <laughs> that's what that's what uh vince mcmahon's lawyer me said yeah, the trial. yeah, yeah. i was nine and i was his lawyer i'm really glad vince didn't employ us as lawyers uh your honor i believe that the prosecution has tiny loads the defense rests <laughs> honestly i think we could have done a good job because basically one of the things we'll get into the main the main thing about this trial essentially is at the beginning they say uh, just so you know Hulk Hogan is exempt from perjury and then and then real American starts playing because <laughs> it's about to be fucking lie train baby yeah get ready to Hulk up you made a guy who uh, you know just for the record dude I don't act I lie anyway <laughs> ask me some questions brother all right brother let me tell you something dude. Here's the thing with the truth, dude. The Hulkster, dude, doesn't believe in it, dude. Dude, and all right, federal prosecutors of the United States, what you gonna do when Hulk Hogan and a bunch of legal weirdos run wild on the truth, dude? <laughs> My wife is actually Mr. T, dude, and Mr. T is six wives. What does that mean? Nothing, brother. I'm wasting your goddamn life. I just talked to this guy, Peter Thiel, dude, and he let me know, dude, <laughs> in about 15 years, dude, he's going to give me a bunch of money, dude, because I'm going to do a dude fuck tape with a man, dude, who's a shock jock and dude, Tampa, dude, and a guy named Spice Boy, dude, is going to give it to Gawker, dude, and I'm going to get all my money back from my eventual divorce from Linda, dude, because I just can't do, 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 dude. Oh, but see, this is the key to a Hulk Hogan impression: is if you don't really know the voice, just say "dude" a lot. That's the key to all of our impressions. You just say either the person's name or <laughs> just one thing they say. Example: Jim Cornette, cunt. Perfect, Jr. Uh, Jr. Uh, um, for Jr. It's thong. 
Dong. Dong. Here's my CM Punk. Here's my CM Punk. Can I have a... Actually, can I have a spicy chicken uh, with a large fries? Pipe bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my CM Punk's a little bit different in that it's it's very close, and it's just this... Is, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's really, CM Punk does... <laughs> once again, just like most wrestlers, the thing that makes them great in the ring is the same thing where it's like, if I, I feel like if I was just hanging out with CM Punk, it'd be a lot like... It'd be a lot like hanging out with uh, with my teenage niece, where it's like, "Wow, if I didn't if I didn't care about you, this would be awful." Anyway, lawyers for Vince McMahon uh, weighing in at I'm gonna say, judging by this picture, 160 pounds of just cigarettes because he reminds me of baseball manager Jim Leland, the last <laughs> guy to smoke in the dugout. <laughs> Jerry McDivitt. Jerry McDivitt, who, uh, from his background on his website, basically uh, summarizes, he defended the WWE and a bunch of stuff where Vince McMahon is for sure guilty and also took some cases uh, just to fill out his resume so he didn't look like he just defends the people who commit crimes. And Laura Brevetti, you're on Laura Brevetti's website, no? I certainly am, Dylan. And let me tell you, Laura Brevetti seems like a good lawyer. You wouldn't know that from her website. Brevetti Law. Really stresses the uh, that she's a Miz, and uh, only everything is in italics, but only certain things are in bold. Like if I'm reading only the bold things, it's experience, courtroom talent, integrity, full attention, positive results. Yeah, of course, because she like was a lawyer for the WWF and fucking killed it, bro. <laughs> she fucking murdered it. Let me say that towards the microphone because I literally moved away from it and said it. She's the lawyer for the monsters and is yeah, very yeah. pleased with what she was able to do. Um, actually, it's totally fine that the monsters tried to destroy the world and Michael Jordan saved them. What? Oh, sorry. I'm just practicing in case the monsters need a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the movie Space Jam is a documentary. My apologies. And we got Sean O'Shea, who's the main star for the government. Uh, he's all over it. Um, it's a very normal name, but here's the first Sean O'Shea lawyer. Sean O'Shea is a highly respected, aggressive trial lawyer who focuses on a complex business and white-collar litigation. Surprisingly, it does not mention that he tried Vince McMahon basically getting five years of government resources and failed to um, convict the Carnies. Sean O'Shea, by the way, um, throughout most of the trial was mocked by Vince McMahon for being low shanty Irish, while Vince That's McMahon is high very good. black Irish. Like, he kept just... <laughs> oh, no, no. What was the thing when we were doing the Fit Finley episode too? We found I found a thing where because Mc, Vince McMahon very much is this guy, and if you if you just, forget it, just for the record, by the way, black Irish means you have darker hair. That's the it's yeah no I based on Dylan's reaction, I think he thought I was making some sort of racial comment. No 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 because I was reacting to um, literally Vince McMahon says to Hornswoggle, "You're Irish, but you're not my kind of Irish." In a promo. <laughs> Yeah. And then he says the same thing to Finlay, and Finlay... I mean, one thing you can say about Vince McMahon is when people hit him, they fucking hit him. <laughs> Finlay fucking smokes him in the head with a shillelagh, which is essentially just like, I'm going to hit you with the piece of a fucking piano, and Vince McMahon says, we're both Irish? That means hello. Yeah, because Vince McMahon is very much American, and then he's like, I'm Irish, I'm Irish. And then anyone from Ireland is like, 
no, you're not. And he's like, I am. I love the IRA. And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, like kill him. Or yeah, or just uh, I'm actually extremely Irish. Okay, here's a uh, or people do this all the time. Um, I'm I'm Scottish. Okay, cool. Here's an iron brew. What's that? It's gross. Okay, you're North American. That's how this works. Just because your great great grandpappy fucking came over here, that man was Scottish. <laughs> you are very Canadian. You think a fire is a good time is a good thing to jump over, not to cook anything on. Yeah, you you view a fire as a thing that you get drunk near, not a thing that you do to something near a sporting event. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now we're gonna summarize the trial just before we start into this. There is a how long is this uh, document that the vivacious, the busty, the not available ladies, Christopher Hobson, I don't know why being busty as a man is good, but for me, it is. I'm a busty bimbo. It, denotes, got. it denotes confidence. When Christopher Hobson walks down the, mm. uh, the hallways of his house, this is the noise it makes. Boom, chit-cha-boom, chit-cha-boom, boom, boom. <laughs> When Christopher Hobson uh, shows off the customized Wrestler Review tube top that we made him, <laughs> can you cut that in half? But I really like the way it is. Cut it in half. Um, when he wears that tube top, everyone in the hallway goes, please, Dad, stop it. Hey, Chris, can you cut the nipples out of that tube top? Uh, why? Well, <laughs> what if you need to breastfeed? Uh, I'm a man and I cannot lactate. Yeah, you don't know, though, so you probably want to do that. Yeah, at one point in evolution, men will be able to do that, and I'm not going to be fucking late for yeah, that fucking party. No, tell you no that. one who is semi-employed by my wrestling podcast is going to be late as a man to give breast milk to a baby that's <laughs> <laughs> okay well christopher hobson wrote 43 whole pages on this uh, mine so was guys 49 want, the, in, i read for, it was 49 on my phone well there was a summary that i then added to a bit and then cut out so we're gonna have 43 wonderful vivacious pages on the patreon that you guys can read if you want to do this in completion because we are going to miss stuff such as emily feinberg's testimony which is not that funny yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff in that's that's sad and I'll, I'll i'll be honest about it guys i'm tired of being sad when we talked about finley on the patreon i had a great time it was just nice man who is a bit weird it was it was the perfect episode for the perfect time because literally while we were recording that i was fielding various setting up various pr things because of the silly video i've got going on right now which i think will die down very soon um so it was just a nice distraction of not having to be totally focused on the carnage that is Vince McMahon's life. Like Vince McMahon's life, if it was a painting, would be just various people crying over broken things and Vince McMahon laughing and shitting. <laughs> All right. Fucking strap your dick to your fucking pants because oh, Sean O'Shea bring it on. is now an officially a partner at a private law firm. Um, and knowing what I know by watching uh, TV shows... Basically, you want to get a big fucking head. This is all based on the show Succession, by the way. You want to get a big fucking trial. You want to get a big fucking fish, a white-collar fish, and then you go into private law where you make fucking eight figures a year. And big head fucking filthy Irish Sean O'Shea did that exact thing. Ah, let me tell you this about Sean O'Shea. The entire O'Shea clan, they're from Galway, and they're all just river people and, and goat farmer feeders. And all I know is that if you're from Galway and you feed a goat... That's as good as being a, a criminal. <laughs> so, 
Just for a little background, we tried to have an Irish accent on the entire Finlay episode, and not one hit. And ladies and gentlemen, for the free feed, John Hastings just swung on and hit it into the fifth goddamn deck. That was a goddamn fucking Irish accent, I just want to point out that that was what was said by Vince McMahon every time they tried to depose him. Uh, Now, Mr. McMahon, did you at any time distribute steroids to any of your wrestlers? I don't know, Sean. I'm not from Dublin like you. (laughs) He just kept saying this. He just kept being like, I'll talk to you, but I'm going to call you potato fucker. Is that okay? (laughs) Uh, I really would hope that you wouldn't. What's that? Potato fucker. If it isn't potato, I don't speak Gaelic. Uh, Mr. McMahon, uh, the Irish people actually speak the Irish language. Uh, Gaelic is more commonly found in Scotland and the islands surrounding that. Oh, I didn't realize that you fucked a book with your eyes. (laughs) Yeah, from now on, if someone knows something more than us, we call them book fuckers. Enjoy. Sorry, book fucker, didn't know that. Sorry, book fucker. I like girls. Go ahead. <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, sorry, book fucker. <laughs> I'm not a virgin. You book fucker. You could. <laughs> we promote ignorance. Yeah. We represent the incel community. The incel community. <laughs> the incel community. <laughs> okay. So, like I said. The government tries to get a, bu- a bunch of charges uh, linked to Vince and Titan. A bunch of them, are, two of them, are dropped, meaning that they can't seize Vince's assets, which sets up Vince for basically being able to run this shit like the mob while he's in jail. Um, the government is in. Inve- Sorry, it's very fascinating that that asset forfeiture was taken off of the table because that would have, I think, put a lot more pressure on McMahon. Vince was very concerned he was going to lose and there was a great concern that that was going to happen. If asset forfeiture had been on the table, i.e. he was going to lose the company, I think that the approach... I think that they would have gotten a settle... They would have gotten a um, uh, a guilty plea. I think Vince would have gone, take that off the table, I'll admit to something. Because let's be all fucking honest before we go through the charges and the trial. Vince is guilty and he got away with it. Continue, Dylan. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not explicitly guilty, though. Like, I do believe that Vince McMahon is smart enough that he never explicitly said, you need to do steroids. No. Or anything like that. But it's also, like, the same thing. You know what? There's a, there was a guy, Ken Caminiti. Go on. Who was, I believe, the American League MVP in the baseball. Oh. And he, he said... They asked him why he took steroids, and he said, you look around, and you see everyone getting bigger and getting more money, so you do the fucking math in your head. No one needs to tell you do steroids. Your family, and your, not your family, but your need to provide as a fucking baseball player, as a guy who isn't around all the time, like, that's the trade-off. The trade-off is... I'm not around for nine months, but those three months are balling the fuck out because I'm a pro baseball player. And if you look at that through the lens of being a wrestler, I'm not around for at all. Here's some money is the best trade you can possibly get. At least see your dad on TV, not fucking lying down like a panty waist for fucking old Barry Darso. And I will say this. If you have a barrel chest and no definition, we're going to do an episode about you because Darso, Finley... Wonderful people. Yeah, basically, the the key to a nice man wrestler is barrel chest, no definition, mm. from from the Midwest or not 
uh, from the Midwest or Canada, not from Canada. If you have a barrel chest and you're from Canada, you're a monster because you're definitely part of the Hart family, mm. and you just want to talk about smoking cigarettes and not liking your wife. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I uh, I cheated on my wife, but uh, I don't see it as cheating. I see it as what's owed to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't count it as cheating. I see it as uh, what she deserves for that time that she made salad. <laughs> Actually, cheating doesn't make me feel good. I just know that it makes her feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) That was what Vince... I was going to do a whole thing where I was going to tell you Bret Hart uh, testified at the trial, but I ruined it. Anyway, he tests... I didn't do steroids, and uh, Vince never tried to get me to do steroids. I'm just here to explain to you that I did three-way once, and uh, they're in the courtroom. They'll tell me that I fucked them good. So, I... This is why I said I would testify for the government, just to tell you guys I get laid and I'm good at it. Put me in jail if you want to, but tell everyone in jail with me that I, uh, fuck good. (laughs) Here's the thing, of all of the fantasies we've imagined, that one I 100% believe. Well, because that's most of his book, is like, I had a great match and then I fucked two chicks. Also, Shawn Michaels shouldn't have done his hair like that. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's like someone telling you, it's like when you hear about your significant other's problems at work and they're always in the right and you're like, maybe you're not, but who cares? I mean, this is very much from a personal position, speaking for one host of the rest of the Oh, wow. No, yeah, of course. Whatever, John. Listen, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, we're both married and I've heard one of our, one of our significant others talk about complaints she has at work and I know what Dylan's talking about. Dylan's talking about himself. No, I'm talking about John. John's wife um, works at a uh, drug dealing factory, and she's always complaining about the fact that the drug dealers that she works for aren't young enough. She does. It's weird. <laughs> no, wait, she wor- that it works for her. Sorry. She's the manager of the drug dealers. Imagine The Wire, but then have the age of the drug dealers. Yeah, yeah. Ima- imagine The dealer. Wire minus the police. Everyone's Omar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and John's wife is on the couch. She's on the couch in the middle of the field screaming at six-year-olds. And they're like, I just learned math. And she's like, you're going to learn fear. I think the, the inclusion of a couch in a field is such a two, 90s, 2000s place of that's where you go buy drugs, which has been replaced in the 2010s uh, by a fountain. If you want to buy drugs in any city, just find the fountain. There is drug dealers there. Interesting tidbit from John, the drug user Hastings. Yeah. Me? clean as hell that is not what makes true this so interesting of course is they get some they get a mystery charge uh a second charge and essentially this is just so that they can unseal the testimony of jim stewart who was vince's chauffeur and the man who backed up rita chatterton's rape accusation so they're trying to get some big time players here and some real people like Again, what they're trying of to do... Of course, Jim Stewart. They're trying to paint Vince McMahon as a big, giant, pile, bag of shit human being. And they're pulling out all the fucking stops to do that. It works with, as it turns out, no success whatsoever because they aren't able to get the testimony unsealed. Can I ask you a question then? Uh, of course. If this happens, if this trial exactly the same way happens five years later, is Vince McMahon in jail because of his on-screen 100%. Character? Because they, yeah, they play Trick Stratus barking like a dog. They play all this shit. They're like, this guy's trash. And then a lot of the times, not a lot of the times, but a lot of the cases uh, I've seen made for TV movies about, because I'm an expert and. <laughs> Go on. Um, it seems like tr- judge or juries will 
I'll sometimes just accuse because I'd be like, well, he's not guilty of this, but he's guilty of something. It's, yes, it's, again, it's also one of those things where Vince was not nearly as the public figure that he was, so it benefited that he was essentially just an anonymous businessman being put on trial by the government. If you watch the A&E, trial, the A&E documentary on Scott Peterson, um, you will watch it and realize, oh, he didn't murder his wife at all. The media just made up a story about him, and he's wrongly convicted. They don't. He's the only man apparently in American court that somehow was he was tried and found guilty and the prosecution never explained how he uh how he could have murdered his wife, when he murdered his wife and what the murder weapon was. It's the fucking craziest thing in the entire world and it was all down to the fact that the jury decided he was guilty and did nothing about it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. So Jim Stewart didn't, of course, testify, uh, be, and the two charges were dropped. Um, basically, we got some fucking Jerry McDivitt and Laura Bervetti showing off them fucking lawyer muscles to thank for that. At the very least, it showed that McMahon's worried about the Chatterton accusation and wanted to see what was said. Once again, not with the with the gift of time, Rita Chatterton and Vince McMahon is not something we want to delve into here because it is far more serious than this podcast wants to talk about. But this happens at any other time other than 1994. We got a serious, serious problem on our hands. The thing I also want to point out and is that the federal prosecutors were not prepared to take on uh, a wrestler in terms of how much and how well they lie. They were not prepared for... Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with wrestlers and how much they trade in deception and dishonesty, and they were not prepared for. Um, they were also not prepared for. I think a friendly judge. If you look at if you look at the detailed document Hobson made, it is very clear that the judge is is leaning towards uh, the defense as opposed to the prosecution. The judge could have absolutely let in that testimony, and that's a completely different trial. He did not. He was being very by the book and focusing on the the charges are about drug dealing so only thing we're going to talk about is about steroid dealing if it had been a different judge who would went let's that goes to character let's hear it Vince McMahon's in jail it's a it, there's a lot of luck if you go through the steroid trial it's also mm-hmm. the wrestlers that agree to testify for the prosecution if you look at who they are they don't look like nice boys well, all of the people that testify for Vince are nice-looking boys. That's actually a very, very good way to summarize it, where it's like, um, <laughs> Tully Blanchard does testify, which is great. Yeah, and, who, uh, and whose side... Sorry, of- they told me this is where people throw out drugs they weren't going to bring in the courtroom, and now I'm here? Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm not going to lie to you. I got a fucking hangover. I woke up with a hard dick. You ever been that hangover? Okay, listen up. I don't fucking like that there's a lawyer here that's abroad. Tully doesn't go. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you this. uh, Can you write this down official? No matter how much blow I do, I'm stiff as a fucking board when I (laughs) want to fuck pussy. Anyway, put that down, and then I'll start talking about whatever you guys are talking about. I'm not going to fucking swear on no Bible because I am Jesus. Let me tell you this about Vince McMahon. He's a little fucking bitch, man. That's pretty much a summation of every single uh, witness that Sean O'Shea can call is exactly that, where it's like, first of all, write this down. If wrestling is real and I actually won those fights, unless
Yes, I lost. Then I threw the fight. Anyway. I would like to, I, I choose to believe that every wrestler's testimony began with, now write this down. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, we have a stenographer. That's explicitly their duty, of course. I didn't say type. Good. I didn't fucking say type. <laughs> I said write. Calligraphy, motherfucker. Hey, my name is fucking Tully fucking Blanchard. You know what that means? It means my dad only likes me and nobody else. Everyone li- everyone, listen up. He knew I was going to bully, and he knew I was going to be tough. Yeah. That's why I'm Tully. Tough bully. Oh, I'm everybody else. I slept in the bed as a kid. I'm Tully. I slept in a potato sack, and I wasn't allowed to know my mother. <laughs> he just put me in the potato sack, and he hung me from the garage yeah. like a bat. Yeah, he said, you got to be like a man. Men are like bats. Batman. And I said, you're right, Dad. Tully. <laughs> and I said, no problem with that logic, yeah. Daddy. My name is Tully. I do not do steroids. I just inject various chemicals into my ass that make me stronger and heal faster. Uh, Mr. Blanchard, those are... I didn't fucking go to college, so I don't respect anyone that did. The best thing about this trial, Vince McMahon in the neck brace the whole time, uh, yeah. is just like... I had an ne- uh, operation on my neck. Uh, that was to have a cyst removed? Yeah, well, I need this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I need to let the jury know that my brain is so big that I need the neck brace so it will break my brain. My neck. Like, what is he worth? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to. I don't want this guy to be around with his broken neck. He can't go to jail. I mean, so the fr- the testimony kicks off with Moondog Rex, who had sued the company That's over really good. being replaced in demolition. Jerry McDivitt sharpens the knives and chides him for never finishing school and points out how there he was go. asked to lose rate for his role in the original demolition. Moondog says that he did. Uh, he says they did ask him to cut weight, but he uh, still used steroids to do it. Uh, now, Moondog Rex claimed that he bought steroids from Zahorian, but could not make the claim that Vince McMahon encouraged him to do so because Vince McMahon very cleverly did it by lose some weight, and Moondog Rex read between the lines. So that guy, that's prosecution def- for the defense, comes Tom Zink, a smiling nice man who everyone thinks like, oh, if he dates mm. my daughter, he probably won't even finger her. He'll just go down on her because the tongue is softer. Tom Zink testifies. <laughs> He had that. That was also something he said to write. Yeah, down. yeah. The the court stenographer for this trial had to be replaced twice because two of them died from strokes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, I've never had anal sex uh, with anyone. Seems too invasive for me. And the jury went, mm. "Hmm." Here's the thing about me, Tom Zink. When I take a lady out, I let her decide what I eat. And then he winked at the jury. <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> what do you want me to eat? What? Fe- you pick. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Tom, and I'm just here to please you. Mm, here's what I want you to eat. Nothing. Mm. Tom Zink testified that Vince never told him to take steroids, and he never bought steroids from Zahorian. But Jack Lanza, who was an agent at the time, told him that Zahorian could supply anything he needed. He does say he used steroids post-WWF, which is important for the defense. It is mentioned that he had uh, a different unnamed issue with uh, Rick Martel, Terry Garvin, and Pat Patterson, which I assume is linked to the Ring Boy scandal, but that is never confirmed. Now... Then guess who testifies for some... This is good. This is real good. The warlord comes in, and you what he does. 
First thing he does, he puts a full Nelson on the bailiff <laughs> to establish, I'm the fucking bailiff yeah. here, you fucking pussy. Then he tells <laughs> the crowd, I am not on steroids. Everyone laughs like it's fucking John Hastings killing with the crew on AGT. Woo-hoo! And then he testifies, Vince told everyone to leave their steroids at home, uh, post the Sahorian scandal, then admits to writing a letter to ask for his job back a few years ago, um, which is good because at the WWF, they got a rule, if you're a book pussy, fuck off yeah you don't write a letter you show up and just fucking fight the first guy yeah. at titan towers if you lose you get your job <laughs> yeah you also want to make sure that that first guy is either gerald briscoe or vince mcmahon because anyone else it doesn't count you automatically win rick rude yeah, yeah. <laughs> rick, rick rude fought linda mcmahon on the root for 45 minutes and that's why <laughs> he's never been employed again yeah, that's how that's how Rick actually led to his back problems is that she had him in a legitimate Boston crab and going, "You see, honey, some moves aren't fake." Yeah, the thing to remember about me, Rick, is that uh, I've uh, uh, made several small cuts with a dirty blade at the base of your spine. It's going to infect. Hmm. When me and Vince got married, I d- not only took his last name, but I added uh, my middle name, the cunt. <laughs> Linda the Cunt McMahon. I had my kids, and uh, let me tell you this, I was at work within 20 minutes. (laughs) All right, we've made a lot of fun of uh, Tully Blanchard's testimony, but here's what he actually said. Tully Blanchard testified that Vince once told him that he did not care about weed or steroids, just cocaine. But it was obvious why he is (laughs) not a credible witness. Oh, that's really good. Tully Bla- once again, the defense is the defense's witness is like, here's this guy in a hat that's not showing his eyes and a long leather coat, and here is the witness for Jerry McDivitt, this Girl Scout. Uh the defense just call the defense the prosecution now calls a man who said, I need twenty bucks for a sandwich right fucking now. <laughs> Uh, I was told if I said Vince McMahon made me do steroids, I'd get a cigarette. So I want my cigarette and I want to smoke it before I start fucking talking. Jeremy McPussy. Hey, McDiver, McDiver, you owe me some money, man. You told me that I couldn't drink your spit and I did. <laughs> your honor, that was not me. I've never met the. It might have been a mirror. Now fucking make good with your cash. Uh, sorry, I'm getting Sean O'Shea oh, and testified. You fucking Irish cunt. Hey. Give me my five bucks. I drink your piss like a man. Yeah. Someone better give me twenty bucks or I'm taking my dick out. Oh, I drink piss straight from the hose. No glass needed. Now Vince McMahon dealt steroids to me or whatever that means. I do not read. English. I do not speak English. My name is Moondog Rex, and if anyone doesn't want me to shit anywhere but a toilet, they better buy me a fucking meatball sub. <laughs> if you want me to shit in a toilet like a city slicker, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Moondogs. We do a couple of the, We wrestle good, we take steroids a lot, and we shit anywhere but a toilet. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you pardon me, uh, can I be excused to go to the bathroom? Absolutely, sir. We'll we'll resume testimony. And what are you doing? Digging a hole to shit in. What do you think I am? From France? Oh, you didn't realize that I am not from France. Something else you should know. Change all of the garbage cans in this building because they got (laughs) Moondog's dinner in them, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Because dogs mark their territory. Ow, ow, ow.
<laughs> I'm arguing with shit. I've been shitting all of the guys. Mr. Rex, we got, Mr. Rex, you are no longer test. I said shut your... F- hey, judge, judge, you don't get to yell at me. I'm not the one wearing a fucking pool cover. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break and then come back with more weird riffs on these characters yeah. we'll come back and strap in because the next half we've got arnold scolan so he guaranteed just threw in a towel during his testimony chief <laughs> chief, chief j strombo who i assume I, spoke in a full italian accent while claiming to be cherokee and um zahorian testifies himself and vince mcmahon full-on whispers at his lawyer do it now and the lawyer jerry mcdivitt that whispers back i told you before and i told you again being a lawyer means i can't kill him <laughs> All right, so more of that after the break. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate <laughs> and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time for 25 bucks you can select a wrestler to review one guy did buck zoom off who's a pedophile rapist and we still reviewed him god damn it we have no allegiances go to patreon to hear the buck zoom off episode also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge <laughs> yo 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 patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate us on itunes subscribe throw yourself out a fucking window who gets a shit all right, no fucking time. Let's fucking get to it. <laughs> no fucking time to fucking set up what we're fucking doing. George Zahorian. George Zahorian. Testifying. He admits to selling steroids at what seems like enormous profit. He says he only spoke to Vince McMahon once or twice for a limited time. The idea he, uh, i.e., the idea he is in business with him is ludicrous. He does testify to selling steroids to some of the higher backstage agents, such as Arnold Skoland and Chief J. Strongbow, um, who uh, both, but for them, and uh, but both of them were giving them to their sons which is bad for the defense. Mm. There was another argument about Zahorian mm. that resolves around uh, the law changing in Pennsylvania, which meant the WWF were no longer legally bound to use Zahorian there. Uh, Anita Scales, uh, who worked in the commission, um, um, who worked in relations with the WWF, who had problems with Zahorian due to his reputation. She tried to get him um, pulled from working a show, as did the, w- uh, as the WWF were working to hire him. She claimed that he said he'd go over her head. He did with Pat Patterson and Linda McMahon, insisting she booked Zahorian for a show on December 26th, 1985. The WWF... We should... Sorry, I, I to cut you off. During the Warlords testimony, this was addressed, and I think it is important. At the, if you're trying to think of George Zahorian and his role in the, within the WWF, is George Zahorian is basically like... You know how if you guys ever go to like a all-inclusive resort, you need to buy your own cigarettes if you smoke cigarettes and pack them with you to bring them on the plane because at the resort, the cigarettes are going to be so fucking expensive if you have to buy them. That's what the warlord touches on. He's like, I bought steroids, but I never bought them from George Zahorian explicitly because his prices were way too high. So essentially, George Zahorian is just there. Or it's like, I know the wrestlers do steroids so and all these other sh- all this other shit, like pain pills and shit. So 
He's there in case someone just needs steroids. And it's more of like a luxury than a purposeful Vince McMahon being like, I want everyone to be on steroids. It's more so that Vince McMahon loves superstar Billy Graham. Billy Graham did steroids. Therefore, we do steroids because this is what Vince wants. Yeah, it's a look that he's still trying to recapture. Yeah, that's the same reason why when we talk about, which I'm pumped to talk about, the fucking new millennium that we're living in right now and Vince McMahon's role in it, um, is that people literally tried to make sure he didn't see Bobby Lashley because they knew he would explode into come and then reform, much like the T-1000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't... And what's funny is he didn't like John Cena at first because he, he assumed that body couldn't have been achieved any other way but steroids. And it and later on it was revealed, yeah, he was on steroids, but he's not a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, he just cycled properly and kept it quiet and also only got caught after yeah. he was too big of a star for them to let him go. He did what I yeah. uh, he did what I like to call the old Triple H. Steroids, loyalty, steroids, John Cena. But also John Cena, you look at it as a whole couldn't be a better per like couldn't immeasurably a better person than hulk hogan so let's yeah same <laughs> not thi- only same thing with the rock the rock is clearly on steroids like i'm sorry yeah you work out a lot that's very true you're on something like let's not like hollywood ain't drug testing let's be fucking honest here but it's also the panic like it's also like we've said this before but this steroid trial is it's a big panic around steroids and it's an anti-drug movement and Everyone's seeing Vince McMahon is basically flaunting the fact that these guys are on steroids on television for kids every week. So this is why this whole trial happens. Anyway, the WWF, of course, fully intend to uh, to employ Zahorian for the purpose of drug dealing, or as Chief Strongbow famously put it, the boys need their candies. <laughs> he also, when he said that, crouched down and did Mr. Burns' hands. Yeah, yeah, he did that. By the way, they didn't ask him to testify. He just stood up in court and yelled that, thinking it would be good for the defense. And then Chief J. Strongbow was patted on the back by Pat Patterson. And then Pat whispered in his ear, your son is dead. (laughs) After this, they discuss in court, WWF is tipped off. Zahorian is going to be indicted. And they are being investigated. And they're able to change tact with Zahorian before he even works a date. This memo uh, was redacted, the redacted Linda McMahon memo, which we're going to talk about later, where, uh, oh, and there's a really good nails thing on later. So Horian admits selling steroids to Hogan and is sending them to Hogan's friend's house, but not to McMahon's house. That's very, very important, stating that he may have sent steroids to McMahon, uh, but they would have been for Hogan. He felt also certain to ascertain in court it is not possible for Zahorian to accurately say that, that uh, what was in the FedEx package five years earlier, it was just... Most likely steroids. This is a very important point. Very important. Basically, it's this guy's like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, probably. Where it's like, we need you to just say yes. And he's like, I actually, I'm not feeling that good about saying 100% versus all the wrestling guys who are like, not only have I never seen or been on steroids, Vince McMahon is a reverend in the church of kissing. What is interesting is this is also, this is, and Zahorian more than likely perjured himself, let's be fucking honest, uh, like allegedly, supposedly, because encouraging someone to respond to a question like that is what got Roger Stone convicted after the Mueller trial and then his sentence commuted by Trump because Roger Stone knows about the fact that Trump likes to get pissed on by Russian <laughs> prostitutes. Um, Ooh, so it's a very interesting. Who doesn't, though? 
That's a, a fair point. I'm a man, and I'm straight, and sometimes I want to see a lady's load, and I want it to be gold, like my soul. Gold load. Gold load for my soul. Don't put it in my mouth. That's not clean. Put it on the skin. Absorb into me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be John's new hit single uh, coming off as America's Got Talent fame. I'm really looking forward to the No Context Rest review of this episode because it's not that anything is because usually it's been very Jerry Lawler heavy here on the program, and this one is just us saying real creepy shit. <laughs> yeah, but this is fun because these guys are just fucking carny rednecks, which is what I like to talk about. I don't like talking about evil rednecks. Mm. We're more into the um the like every teen show has this where they're at a fucking fall fair and they hook up with one of the carnies who's just like uh I'm in a band just bongos and shitting. Those are the ones we <laughs> like. We don't like the ones we don't like the devil's reject carnies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're we like to go as far as Boyd Crowder in the show Justified. We don't want to go Captain Spaulding in the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, uh, I know both of those references. I'm very learned. Yeah, of course you do. We both watch all the episodes of Succession. Mm-hmm. It is revealed. We should just do a Succession podcast after this. It is revealed Zorian is in solitary confinement for his own safety in prison, lest the Undertaker get him. They forgot. <laughs> there was serious fear of the Undertaker. This is one of the weirdest details. Did the government think the big boss man could get into an actual prison? Like... The big boss man upholds law and justice. He would not have done anything. I think you're more worried about um, no. the Rainbow Man stealing uh, George Zahorian. <laughs> I'm very concerned about the big boss man because the big boss man, depending on what year we're talking about, would have absolutely beaten him down. It's not until uh, Slick oh, made the true. big boss man work for Ted DiBiase that he saw the light and went, I'm a man of law and order. I don't take money from no millionaire. He's a so he's a solid face right now. We're in 1994. Oh, he's yeah. not even the big boss man anymore. He's now the guardian angel, I believe. Yeah, he's the guardian angel in WCW because he was re briefly yeah. in a year when he's Big Bob Rogers. You got to be scared. Yeah. Oh, when he my personal favorite is when he's just the boss in WCW and they just put him in a slightly darker uniform and he wears a baseball cap and it's like, well, that's that's a different character here in North Carolina. And to McDivitt, it was not. Now, I want more information as why Zahorian is put in solid confinement like this is he's a fucking steroid dealer to the wrestler boys and they don't have connections to gangs i don't care what anyone says i think that sorry i cut you off i literally think it's the same thing as vince mcmahon's uh neck brace it's the same thing as like look how dangerous these guys are they're gonna pay people to fuck with oh this guy. yeah it's the exact same thing it's the exact same thing yeah it's just a show put on by the government that's a very a good job dylan uh-huh, because, like, Vince, what's he going to do? Just like, uh, hey, these guys are going to inconspicuously slick by the guards. Who are they? Uh, well, that is the Nasty Boys, actually. <laughs> They've pit-stopped the uh, main guard. Uh, no one can stop them. They're nasty, by the way. There's a guy on a megaphone telling us what they're doing as they do it uh, as well. And that guy on the megaphone is wearing a motorcycle helmet with no a motorcycle we're gonna go do baby we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kill george horian baby ha 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 <laughs> um rick rude testifies this is phenomenal oh, this is really good he's said to look so basically rick rude the man's man that he is i really want fucking tape of this looks visibly disinterested <laughs> <laughs> points at um points at uh the female members of the jury and says i guarantee i'd fuck you better than those guys points at the males member of the juries they whoop 
They whoop, and the male <laughs> members go, that guy's fucking cool. Bear in oh, mind, wow. Rick Rude, when he left WCW, they had to. he just quit, and they had to get the U.S. title back, and he made Eric Bischoff get it from him by going to the trunk of his car, and he just had a bunch of guns just open and loose in the mm. trunk of his car. And the, yeah, he fucking did. And the U.S. title. Like, Rick Rude. <laughs> <laughs> beating, uh, beating someone up. I don't know. Fighting someone with the pic- still once again. Never wrestling will never get better than Jake the Snake when he fucking came out with Jake the Snake's wife on his on his trunks. I oh. know people talk about it a lot, but it's literally like they should have just been like, "Shut it down. We don't need to do this anymore." Rick Rude <laughs> is the kind of guy that if he was alive right now, he would be in Portland in full militia gear, trying to arrest the federal agents that are pulling people off the street in Portland because he'd be. I don't go with no fucking lefty fucks, but guess what? I don't like no pigs neither. <laughs> yeah, he just wants he just wants complete destruction. Vince, he's look he's said to look visibly disinterested, and basically people are thinking he just left WCW, so he wants to uh, still be employed by the WWF. Essentially, he admits to an ambiguous conversation with McMahon that could mean McMahon wants him to get the gas, or the defense claims could mean McMahon was concerned about his partying, which Rude refutes. But he does it. He does admit he can't be sure from what McMahon said he wanted him to use steroids. Rude had stopped him using because he wanted to have a baby. Basically, Rick Rude goes when? says nothing. First, no, no, he, no, no. Dylan, yeah. back when? When did Rick Rude stop using steroids? I read this a bunch of times. Look at Rick Rude any time in his wrestling career. If that guy's not on steroids, he is a genetic marvel. He is, of course, on steroids. Um, he did uh, testify in a suit jacket and pants, but no shirt. Of course. So that should be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, he had the judge's wife's face airbrushed on the back of the suit jacket. <laughs> yeah. He just pointed at the judge and said, I'm so fucking hot, you're wet. And the judge went, he's right. Yeah, I just want to let all of you know that I'm here to fucking do it. If a man's too hot, a ma- another man shits a bit. <laughs> and then he's like, he's he's got a point. Uh, uh, I find this man guilty of turning me on. That was what the judge said. Yeah, uh, your honor, your honor. Um, the witness for the uh, the witness for the defense has just full on taken it out. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, permission to have the witness be on the stand with it out the whole time. Permission granted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to allow it, prosecutor. As we go through this, keep in mind, Rick Rude was fully uh, naked from the waist down with his dick visible the entire rest of the trial. Yeah, and when asked why his dick was visible, he just full-on laughed and then went, come on. (laughs) Yeah, he said, ratings, and then everyone whooped. So this is good. Nails, uh, oh, is Nails, phenomenal. Nails' testimony is really good. Oh, one thing that George Zahorian mentioned is he did get Rogaine for um, Gene Okerlund, which I thought was fantastic. Where it's like, George, I need to look different, fast. Get me some of that hair-growing bullshit. What Zahorian didn't know is that um, uh, Gene was that rubbing it on a baby to see if he could make a werewolf. Yeah. Well, that was also the other. That was the other thing was Gene Okerlund quit the WWF uh, late that year, but he was in the cell with Zahorian in solitary, <laughs> just holding on the wall, just waiting for Vince to tell him to do it. Let me release him, Vince. Yeah. Let me release him into hell. Yeah. 
Vince, many people have wronged you, but very few have been become my plaything. Let us put our hands together like chocolate and peanut butter and make something truly tasty. <laughs> uh, Bervetti then asked if he had any, any animosity towards McMahon. This is about nails. He said no. And then... Uh, yeah. <laughs> she she asked if he hated McMahon, and he said, "Yeah, very good." <laughs> oh my god! Again, I just want a photo of Sean O'Shea just being like, "I thought I prepped these guys. Like these guys are supposed to help me." And it's like, also, what kind of shitty prosecutor you're like? All right, your name is Kevin. You're known in the industry of your choosing for calling people and going, "You better hire some people because I need a job." Nails. <laughs> oh, and then he said. Uh, Basically, the defense has a lot of good points with nails because they said... Of course they do. He says, Vince told me to do steroids, and they basically go, why the fuck would he tell you to do steroids when you're essentially in a fucking robe? And he's like, well, they fucking did, and they tried to suck me off. (laughs) Yeah. He tried to fuck me. Yeah, he tried to do it after I beat him up because he didn't realize I could beat him up. And then they called Bret Hart. Bret Hart did not talk about nails at all, just as he did, as Dylan stated (laughs) earlier. He just talked a lot about... Just so you know, if uh, I made a move on Kevin over here, he would have fucked me, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) And he would have had a good time because I got that Calgary cuck. There's a... Brett just kept on trying to get a lawyer for himself on the trial of... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he also kept uh, saying, he's like, I got two lawyers to represent me. One's my lawyer, the other one's the lawyer for my cock. And uh, and he's like, what? You know, why? Mr. Mister Hart, please leave. He goes, hey, but coming up next is my dad's testifying. <laughs> like, we did not call your dad. Still <laughs> 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 uh, wanted it. <laughs> Stu, by the way, thought he was the judge and had to be forcibly in guilty. Uh, <laughs> who's guilty, Mr. Hart? <laughs> uh, the, the, the one who won't. Um, so this is uh, this is an excerpt from when Pat Patterson is on the stand and. He is talking about the redacted Linda McMahon memo. Essentially, yeah, they fucking partially <laughs> deleted some shit. Here's Sean O'Shea. Uh, is this memo addressed to you? Yes, Patterson replied. Was it confidential? No. What's the first word at the top of the document? Confidential. Vince asked you to <laughs> warn Zahorian. I never saw that memo before. The memo says he, he talked with Linda. That's what it says. Uh, you knew Zahorian was distributing steroids. Prior to 1986, I knew he was distributing steroids. Yes, you knew he was giving steroids to the wrestlers. Yes, I heard. So basically, it's like, Pat Patterson, unless you catch him red-handed, is not going to say anything. And then Vince McMahon, the entire time, is sitting there just being like, fucking Pat Patterson will work here for the rest of his life. And after he's dead, he's just going to still work here. It's it's really amazing because it's, again, the prosecution went, oh, we can beat these stupid wrestlers. And it's like... No, my friend, you've just brought, you've, it's literally, you went, well, we need some people to, Vince is like, I need some people to lie. And he was like, oh, I forgot where I, I forgot what industry I worked in. It's like, someone's like, we need to get a bunch of tumblers really quick for this gymnastic competition. And they walked into Cirque du Soleil and they're like, we got it. We'll be fine. (laughs) Anita Scales, who raised the alarm about Zahorian, only to be knocked back by higher ups when, uh, then testified, 
One of the things she testified about was she had specific instructions when it came to Hulk Hogan, and if she needed to contact him, she had to do it through Vince's office. It was stated never to call him directly. She testifies about her struggles trying to get Zahorian taken off a show, clearly, therefore, indicating that management wanted him there to deal drugs. So Anita Scales is doing what she does. During Scales' testimony, the judge, this is amazing, the judge called Afa Anoa'i, the manager of the Head Shrinkers, to the desk because he had been motioning to uh, the jury, just mouthing the words, not guilty, and I'm assuming also eating a raw chicken while he did it. <laughs> yeah, again, this is the this is where the prosecution would, should have gone, I need to get Dave Meltzer to come brief me on the world I'm dealing in, because it's, again... Uh, Mr. Awane, did, uh, did anyone ask you to do this? And then he just started speaking in Samoan. Like, you understand that, like, there's no beating. Oh, we've, we, you can convict a drug cartel. It's very difficult to convict wrestlers because they are playing by rules you didn't think existed on the earth. I'm not going to kill your wife, but I am going to pretend that I am a magician and I'm going to really bum you out sometimes. Here is the thing where it's... I really want to hit this home is that now we kind of inherently know that we have to take weird parts of society seriously. Like post 2016, of course, with Trump's election, um, all these like obviously incels, incel terrorist acts. Like we understand that a small group of people can affect the world as a whole. That is not a thing in 1994. 1994, still you're thinking that these wrestlers are stupid. What can these wrestlers do against us, the mainstream fucking... Not mainstream, the government. Basically, what can the government... The government's going to roll over these wrestlers. And they are learning that you have to educate yourself about the weird sect of society that you're going up against. You have to educate yourself very well. Otherwise, shit like this can happen where you literally just get the worst people possible to testify for your side and they can handpick yeah. the best possible people. Because the the worst possible people are always the ones that raise their hands. You have to dig for the best ones. And if they already know the best ones, they have the implicit advantage, which leads us to the fact that the Ultimate Warrior testified, stating he was told Zahorian sold drugs, but he didn't buy any. He used steroids to Vince McMahon, and Vince was not angry about it, but he did get upset when the Warrior left steroids I mean, behind. what does any of that fucking mean? Here's the best, because basically the guy is being, oh, who's your most credible witness? And the guy that did the best job, oh, uh, yeah, his of name course. is Warrior yeah. Warrior. The defense will now call Warrior Warrior. And then outside of the courtroom, Warrior Warrior says, he was asked if wrestlers uh, were told to use steroids. He said that was bunk. He then said to an attractive female reporter, if you were at a job interview and the boss told you to take off your clothes and right there and have wild sex, it's your decision. You could say no. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Here's the thing that, again, I know that happened is the Ultimate Warrior was late to testify because he was trying to fuck a water fountain. Yeah. <laughs> the next is Marge Sharkey. She started working for Titan in 1985 for a temp agency. <laughs> That's not a good... You literally just want to do something to fill a bit of hours, and now you're in the clown show with the maniacs. Oh, I just need a couple of hours to make a couple of bucks so that I can afford my kids' braces. I'll just work for this nice company in Stamford. Marge, Marge, the ultimate warrior's here, and he needs someone to watch him. Shit, go in the bathroom. And this is important because old Marge, she does contradict a bit of stuff that Anita Scales said, and... 
McDivitt dives right into that, just basically creating doubt, which is what the nasty dog do. Um, the WWF, uh, the next person coming up, very important, is Emily Feinberg. Uh, she's an ex-secretary, then testified credibly about the whole operation, from how they, they bought steroids and sent steroids to wrestlers, to finding out about uh, the Zahorian trial and being asked to destroy all evidence of WWF's relationship with him. She also testifies that Vince stopped using steroids uh, when he contracted hepatitis from sharing a needle because he didn't think he could be cuckolded that way. Yeah, I'm going to be cuckold, he said. And then he just made out with a mirror. <laughs> the WWF, of course, tries to discredit uh, Feinberg because her husband was a writer with the WWF at the time. Yeah, because she had been fired from her job and her husband had. So she had like, this bitch is out to get us? And then the jury was like, probably. Yeah, I'm going to go with all of these men that uh, seem to be just wearing shorts as shirts. And then the detective, Gregory Taylor, testified that uh, the vial of steroids that they had given by Feinberg, uh, sorry, that the defense had, which was given by Feinberg, was from Zahorian stock. And then he also added, why is everyone else here in face paint? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that guy in a neck brace and the only people that aren't in face paint are lawyers? And uh, who, who is that guy? That's Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. Shouldn't we be charging him? He's openly a Gigolo. No, he's just here to fucking yeah, yeah. try and fuck the ju- members of the jury that want <laughs> As it turns out in Connecticut, it's not illegal to just full on shave a woman's head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the fucking... Uh, all American. Speaking of being shaved, ladies and gentlemen, hide your significant others. It's noted David Duke of the wrestling industry, Terry Hulk. I don't care for them and I don't want them in my neighborhood, Hogan. Peter Teal's little buddy. Let me say this before we move on. At the time at the time of this testimony, if you showed me a photo of Bubba the Love Spudge and a photo of Hulk Hogan and told me which one of these guys would be a be outed as a big racist, I would say the tubby radio host before I could even think about it. Well, how different the world turned out to be. No, actually, he was outed as a racist before Hulk Hogan because uh, Awesome Kong... Oh, of course, I forgot about Awesome Kong. Yeah, beat, beat the shit out of him backstage after he said some fucking shit about Hurricane Katrina. Uh, no, he said some shit about the hurricane that hit Haiti, which was even worse, of course. Oh, oh at Haiti. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Yeah, and then he got beaten up very badly, which I would have paid so oh, much I can't, money. And I love it so much. It's also, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever want to just have a, a laugh for an hour, just Google Opie and Anthony find out about Bubba the Love Sponge being beaten by Awesome Kong or Bubba the Love Sponge, Opie and Anthony, Hogan sex tape. Absolute quality stuff. They play the Ass Man song more than you'd think is conceivable. <laughs> All right. So uh, basically Hogan... He kind of contradicts some stuff. Of course, he, says, he does. Like mentioned off the top, they said he's exempt from perjury, and he's like, "Okay, dude, <laughs> fine. Me and Andre got in a real fight. That's the first thing, brother. The second <laughs> thing is no holds barred. It's not a movie. It's a documentary, dude. And the third thing is I'm currently right now the president of the United States, baby. The thing, if I'm a jury member and they're like, "Oh, just so you know, the next witness cannot be charged with perjury," I'm just gonna put my pen down and go. So he's lying, right? It's sort of like if you show up at a dinner and someone goes, before the waiter even shows up and you're a piece of shit, and they go, the dinner's on me. And right there in your head, you're going, I'm getting a fucking appetizer. I got news for you. (laughs) How many appetizers do you have? All of them. Yeah. I don't feel like eating one meal. I feel like eating eight tiny meals. 
Basically, this case is all about a set of steroids that were set to the was sent to the set of No Holds Barred, a package of steroids that was said to be set split, sorry, between Vince and Hogan, with the attempt to state that uh, state that that was distribution, and Hogan just goes, "I'm not saying anything, dude." Because the other thing about Hulk Hogan, very smart, even though he's working for WCW, Hulk Hogan understands that everything is cyclical, and I guarantee he only did this because he um, wants to protect the wrestling industry. I don't know. That is pure hearsay. Absolutely. Also, what did he do as he was leaving the courthouse uh, and spoke to the press? He did what? He pushed over a female reporter and dropped the leg on her and he says, I always go over, dude. <laughs> okay, he did do that, yeah. And then he posed for 45 minutes. And then as he was getting in the limo, mm. he plugged his first WCW pay-per-view appearance, which was happening the following Sunday. That's fucked up. That's one of the crazier things I've ever heard. What happened? Oh, that guy, he showed up, lied a bunch in federal court, uh, leg dropped a lady, and then went, don't forget to watch the pay-per-view, brother. Shaquille O'Neal's going to be there. That's all right. So, and then the other thing is very important to the defense's case is that afterwards, uh, Mrs. Brevetti says basically it doesn't matter if he because they're alleging that he needed steroids to keep up with his um, appearance. And then Brevetti points out correctly that he still talks about having the same size arms, even though he's off. Yeah, which just means that he doesn't measure his arms anymore. Yeah, which I mean, why would he lessen them? He wouldn't be like, it's 19 now. Yeah, like it's just, it's again, it's the Hogan's, for me, McMahon's lawyers know how to use wrestling to their advantage and the others do not. Like they just are straight up just being fucking led around like a bunch of little babies. This is really is good. Is it? This is really good. I hope so. Next up is Big John Stud. There is, um,. There's a furor about his testimony as it was arranged that he couldn't test that he could testify by phone because he was suffering from Hodgkin's lymphoma. McMahon had demanded to know the name of the doctor so that it could be verified, which shocked everybody. And then Vince was like, oh, yeah, I'm not in absolute 100 percent control by this. Eventually, it was agreed that uh, John Studd could testify by phone if the jury uh, and if the jury were not told why. And also, uh, then Andre came back from the dead and said, I'm still better than you, you big fuck. Yeah, Andre, by the way, um, they, Vince McMahon demanded that Andre testify, and the only way that the judge would allow it is that the prosecution just had to go to Andre's grave, and Vince hid behind the tombstone and did an impression, and the, prosec- <laughs> <laughs> the prosecutor openly wept. <laughs> Why does the judge hate me so <laughs> Vince never told me to do steroids also I've seen him fuck and it's really good <laughs> can you add uh, that it's not better than me though uh, Brett get out of here anything <laughs> uh, I also need to make sure that goes on the record is that anyone's family who's from Galway like the O'Shea's <laughs> are a bunch of light-haired pieces of shit. They all have thin, stringy loads, unlike the McMahons, who are from Dublin and have big, strong loads. I'm Audrey. <laughs> what? Oh, the McMahons bunk a bunch of beaver dams by shooting massive fucking gunky loads at them. The sheer force of the impact of the loads destroyed the dams. This is a very <laughs> reputable testimony. Thank you very much. And then Sean Jose just attempted to hang himself. <laughs> and then and then uh, Gene Okerlund cut the rope and said, Not that easy, my friend. <laughs> 
You must live with this defeat, a fate worth it. Mr. O'Shea, you have to understand that I'm someone that relies on suffering, and yours is not physical, but emotional. The sweetest of all the meats to sup. (laughs) People won't catch up with the results of emotional abuse for years. This is where I thrive now. Yeah. The thing about the Oakland man is all of that Rogaine was just for my pubic area. I like to hide my genitals. Oh, I'm not applying it to my head. That's very funny. <laughs> this is for my pubis. Yes, I want it. I want my penis to to look like a the nose coming out of some sort of thatch. <laughs> the prosecution call on an expert on steroids before they close, but the case collapses because it wasn't a good case to begin with. The key witness in Jim Stewart is missing. Hogan doesn't destroy Vince. And there's just a good old-fashioned bit of <laughs> sexism before towards Vince's secretary, where it's like, that bitch done Emily Feinberg, that's two strikes, two bad names. And July 22nd, not guilty by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, of course, uh, then writes the song that Jay-Z would later make a hit, and he goes, Vince McMahon, not guilty. Guilty until proven innocent, huh? That's what he says when he stands up. Vince rips off the neck brace, takes out his dick, and says, that's eight inches of unguilty hog. And then he jacks off, and uh, the jury says, can we switch our verdict? And then Vince says, too late, shoots, and you guessed it, Jerry McDivitt sucks up with his butthole. He drops his pants and then just rubs his butt on the table and says, "This I get an extra 20 bucks for doing this. There is something very demeaning about the asshole being used to suck it up as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the problem about masturbating for me is like every time I got to fucking drop to the floor and rub my butt on the ground to clean it all up. (laughs) Oh, there's other ways you say. No, there's not. Name me one other way. No, there's not. not, uh, I'm a gentleman, actually. Now, pardon me. I'll wipe this up with my butt. Oh, you say you never want to see me again. Understood. So... Here we go, Vince McMahon, some fun quotes. I did have a great deal of faith, didn't have a great deal of faith in the judicial system, but I had an overwhelming faith in humanity. Oh, let me explain what that actually means. Um, They definitely, I'm definitely guilty, but I, I'm friends with liars and they believe that the humans involved in wrestling are good. So guess who's going to win this fucking thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, They had heels on the stand. I had the baby faces. That's why I won. And just a little message to anyone who testified against me. Okerlund has your information. Yeah. Uh, also, Rick, the trial's over. You can put your dick away. <laughs> I don't think anyone's having a bad time. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> uh, Rick, why are you in my limo just full naked, sprawled out, sipping water from a wine glass? No one told me not to, Vince. That's some goddamn fucking right. Good for you, Rick. <laughs> McMahon apparently spelled three million dollars, spent three million dollars on his lawyers, and that was before tax profits. Titan was in six million for the year that year, and uh, all of course money well spent because he did not have to spend ten fucking years. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to hire Bill Watts and Jerry Jarrett to k- take over his company. Uh, he then this of course is very important because this leads leads to the corporatization of the company over the next couple of years with Lisa Wolf coming in, J.J. Dillon uh, taking a more active mm-hmm. role as the head of talent relations and being a bit of a fucking loser snake bitch, and mm-hmm. um, it's a very interesting moment. This is a watershed moment. Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan have officially and forever cut ties until of course Hogan comes screaming back after WCW is over. Uh, he Vince McMahon goes and gets drunk on Doers and Ice, according to Bruce Pritchard, and mm-hmm. talks to his daughter. 
Yep. He acts like a very he he acts relieved in a way where I still to this day go, well, he definitely is guilty. Like no one's that excited if they're innocent. I mean, I'm sure also if you get put to trial for anything, you there's no way that after that much of a discovery phase and the lawyer talking to you that you wouldn't still be like, thank God I got off. You wouldn't be like, that's fucking right. I wasn't guilty. Cause in some way, of course there's a way that he's guilty. Like here's a guy who's covered up a murder. This is the thing about Vince McMahon. He's covered up a murder. Um, he, uh, sexually assaulted, uh, numerous women allegedly, but like you can use your imagination, obviously. Anyway, He's guilty, what I'm going to say, he's guilty of other crimes, and he's thinking, this is how my chickens come to roost, but they literally charge him with the one crime that he can prove he did. I mean, yeah, that's the exact thing. It's, again, the prosecution made the mistake of going, well, we can get him on this, as opposed to realizing, like, no, you can't, though. Like, this is actually the one area where he's going to, what you're going to do, dude, this is where he's going to win. Yeah, of course, because he's Teflon. He's Teflon in this area completely because you're relying on the testimony of liars. Anyway, um, here's a, some more. Here's a couple quotes. McMahon also hinted about possible legal action in the other direction. That's great. He's going to sue the government. As they say in the WWF, keep tuned. It could very well be the hunters who are soon to be hunted. The most Vince McMahon thing I've ever fucking heard of. That's never been said about the WWF. This was clearly just what he meant was, I'm about to unleash IRS on your ass. And mm-hmm. um, he never, of course, pursues legal action because they did nothing wrong. They were trying to um, put in jail a guilty man. Vince McMahon uh, was also uh, uh, wasn't also asked about the Hogan testimony. He says. Uh, had a surprising reaction. I don't feel bad when anyone tells the truth. However, it feels bad when someone you worked with takes the stand and does not tell the whole truth and all of the truth. That hurt me very badly. So here's a fun thing about Vince and Hogan is that they were friends. And this is Vince McMahon. I think the first phase of what people talk about now where he tries to do this weird thing where he plays like a pseudo father figure and him and Hogan were obviously very good friends Um, and I think he's trying to leverage that totally against Hogan but you're basically trying to fucking you're trying to fucking uh, hunt a snake in a way that a snake knows it's hunted you know what I mean? Like Vince and Hogan are just the same guy twice and they have the same amount of tricks. And- it's the same guy, only like Vince is, Vince is a bit more fuck the world and Hogan's a bit more everything is mine. Like, that's the only difference. Like, I guarantee Hogan, Hogan's older brother was in the Hells Angels and beat the shit out of him. And one day Hogan just went, well, one day you'll rely on me and that's the day you die. And that's what happened. <laughs> so, motherfuckers, three parts. We're finally fucking done. The beautiful year of 19... 19- 94 john what is the best thing what what do you think what do you think what do you think vince mcmahon is feeling after the steroid trial this is how happy he was he called his brother and his mom in the same day didn't even talk about himself he just called and went how are you (laughs) and it's crazy that vince mcmahon if there's one day to take off he does take the day off i mean for better or worse, Vince McMahon was not convicted of anything. I am a weird person in that I obviously was not 
aware of what was happening at that time and the dirt and the magnitude of what those charges would do to someone but i do not think the wwf would have closed and honestly i weirdly think that it would have been fine because the we understand this now in 2020 which is why you get a bunch of remakes of weird movies um brands always succeed and I think that WWF to most people still was wrestling. And I think that it would have been fine. I don't think it would have prospered the way it did, but I still think WCW would have just folded. I sort of disagree. I don't think that they would have been able to weather the storm. I think WCW would have folded, but I think that the WWF would have folded under... WCW would have beaten the WWF. WCW would have then folded during the Turner deal. Like when the AOL turned it, because in the end, WCW stopped not because of the ratings, but because the new president of Turner Broadcasting was like, we are a family company and we're not having anyone named Scott Steiner on my goddamn airwaves. <laughs> yeah, when the weird thing is, though, the WWF... Oh, what's like, weird about it? Because they, they were basically thinking it would become like a Northeast indie again. Not an indie, but like a territory again. Uh, if WCW kept on expanding, I still think, I don't know. My belief is that WWF would have not done as well, but essentially that Turner would have just had the same problems. It would have, uh, it was destined to have because Hulk no, Hogan but again, would have always been on their television. In the end, when it comes to WCW and particularly WCW's problem was they'd never changed the script and they, they relied too heavily on Hall, Nash and Hogan to be creative people and that would have fucked them. No matter how the steroid trial would have gone, uh, and pardon me, if the steroid trial had gone with Vince being guilty, they wouldn't have been resilient enough in 95 and 96 because he's still in. he would have still been in jail throughout the Monday Night Wars and only would have gotten out, let's say, in 2000. So he wouldn't have been there to be the rallying call supportive guy. It's also he wouldn't have been there to hire JR, hire all of those people, it would have been a very different circumstance because in the end, what would have happened is whoever they brought in would have been undermined by Pritchard. Pritchard would have eventually taken over. Pritchard would have brought in maybe Jim Ross and maybe kept Cornette. Probably wouldn't have brought in Vince Russo. Clearly doesn't like the guy. So it's a very different attitude era. Maybe they never get uh, Austin in the way that he is. WCW wins. If you don't get Austin and then Austin McMahon and you don't have the Montreal screw job, there is no attitude era. WCW beats the WWF. The WWF goes away forever and is bought by WCW. WCW is still stopped dead in its tracks by the Turner AOL merger. There is no major wrestling league in the w in the America in America until, of course, TNA is formed because TNA, no matter what, will be formed. And Jerry Jarrett somehow ends up ruling wrestling. Uh, Jerry Lawler becomes a Harvey Weinstein-esque figure in sports is eventually revealed for being uh, history's greatest monster and is executed by beheading in the year 2025 <laughs> by President Michelle Obama. <laughs> so that is Vince McMahon, The Steroid Trial. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back with 1995, my favorite year in the history of professional yeah, wrestling. Thanks so much for listening. It's plug time. Plug, 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 plug. Go watch my appearance on America's Got Talent available everywhere that I have social media for fuck's sakes. We're trying to get the views up high. Gary Busey just retweeted me. It was fucking crazy. 
You can get us on Twitter. It's at WrestlerReview, patreon.com backslash WrestlerReview as well if you want to donate. We'll, of course, have the, the complete notes from the steroid trial episode as well as our Fit Finley episode is up right now. We're doing Instagram live. Updates on that are on Twitter um, because our schedules are a change in but we're going to do monday tomorrow at 3 p.m and tentatively thursday at 3 p.m as well once again stay glued to our twitter for updates if you guys want to watch our instagram live that is fucking it thanks so much for listening guys sorry for getting the episode out late but have a great sunday or whatever fucking day you're listening to this